everybody, Jeff Antoniak here, digging deeper jazz videos. Scales suck, that's what we're here to talk about today. I've done two other videos on this in the past and we're gonna expand my thinking on scales suck a little bit more. Now, as always, these videos are for all instruments, guitar, piano, any horn, whatever. If you're a drummer, we could maybe even call this rudiments suck. Uh, so we'll, we'll go from there. So now my point today is that scales, we, I've, I've had this asked of me um, from students thousands of times over the years. What scale should I use here? What's the best scale for this? How should, you know, all these scale related things. And of course we look in the famous jazz books and we see these lists of scales, compendiums of scales, oh my God. And do those things ever actually help you sound good? There's nothing wrong with scales. I practice them every day. I love scales, but they suck. And they suck for um, giving us information for improvising. In other words, we have to dig deeper. Oh, that's what these videos are called, digging deeper. Oh, there you go. So um, the, it's, the analogy would be like the alphabet. Does the alphabet help you speak? Nope. Does the alphabet help you put together words? Is there some system? No. Does the alphabet group vowels first and consonants second? No. So you get the point. It's not a very useful organization. And I would submit that scales are somewhat similar to that. So what I want to do is sort of give you a broad idea of how to think about scales and how to find value in them. Um, and But what we're going to do is use a very specific uh, thing here today. We're going to use the Duke Ellington uh, Juan Teasel composition caravan, and uh, we're going to dig into the half-hole diminished scale. So that's going to be our point of departure. And of course, look back at the previous uh, couple videos on this topic. They take a very different approach, but you might be interested in uh, that as well. So uh, you, can, you can see that. So let me put this up on the screen for you. So we're talking today about the half-hole diminished scale. So it's kind of a cool, somewhat complicated uh, scale that we can use. And um, for today, if you're okay with just understanding that it fits well over a dominant chord, specifically when we see a chord change that says dominant seven flat nine, that is a pretty good place to use this scale, although we can use it over practically any dominant chord. So let me play it for you. So I remember practicing that scale when I was first learning it, and it's complicated. It's not like a major scale. It's not a mode of the major scales. It takes some learning. And so under the scale, you can see on the sheet, I put sort of the recipe or the way, uh, a good way to think about this scale, one, flat nine, sharp nine, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a good thing to think about. But again, I'm, I'm not here today to really teach you this scale. If you know it, fantastic. But here's what I want to show you about this scale and how to think about scales, you know, more, more generally. So in this particular scale, again, sheets up there for you. In this scale, you can see that miraculously, this, this cool symmetrical dominant scale contains three, I'm sorry, four different major triads in it. There's a C triad in the scale, C, E, G. There's also an E flat triad. E-flat, G, B-flat. That's in the scale. Interesting. There's an F-sharp triad. F-sharp, A-sharp, also the same note as B-flat, but I'll call it A-sharp in this instance. C-sharp, F-sharp, A-sharp, C-sharp. And then there's an A triad. A, 
C-sharp E. So I am not the first guy, I'm sorry to tell you this, I'm not the first guy to make that observation about this scale. Um, that the fact that those chords are in there. But that right there starts getting to be where this scale can be of a little more interest or a little more use to us, understanding that there are some structures. And by structures, today I'm talking about triads or chords or intervals that repeat. There's structures inside the scale, and that's gonna be what makes it interesting for us. So just running up and down the scale in the practice room is not gonna make you a better improviser. Think about it. Classical musicians play scales all day long, but they don't improvise with them. Just because they practice the scales doesn't make them a good improviser. So scales does not equal improvising, right? Finding structures, knowing, you know, developing that improvisational spirit. That's where it's at, right? So on the sheet, I wrote out a couple little exercises there. Let me play these for you again. Um, number three sounds like this. And number three is just sort of uh, arpeggiating my way up those triads in order. C triad, E flat triad, F sharp triad, A triad. And of course, we can continue that up and down, right? So easy enough. Uh, easy enough after enough practice. Okay, so now let's look at uh, example four. It's very similar. It has a little syncopation in it. Let's, let me just play that for you. So as you can see, those patterns, you can continue up and down the range of your instrument. When I ran out of saxophone, I'd turn around and come back down to the bottom. So uh, now if, if that scale is new to you, it's going to take weeks, months for you to sort of get that under your fingers in different keys. That's okay. Um, and if you know the scale, but you haven't really dug into the four triads in there, again, this is going to be great stuff to practice. Great for your fingers, great for your brain. And it may take a while before we can get it out in our improvising. Okay, with more complicated stuff, that's how it goes. But today, really, if all you get from this is that understanding of just learning scales and running up and down scales does not make you an improviser. And it's frankly just not a very useful tool, it's, although we've been told for years that it is, right? Or the presupposition, oh yeah, learn scales, you can improvise. No, doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. Scales suck. <laughs> okay, so let me do this. Um, what I'm going to do is put on uh, a track. I'm going to play along with uh, just the first uh, A section of Caravan. And I picked this tune. First of all, it's a fantastic Duke Ellington tune. But we've got 12 measures of this C7 flat 9 chord. So it's a fantastic place to experiment with this. So to begin with, I'm just going to uh, play through uh, number 3. Let me do this. I'll play through number three the first time through the chord changes, then I'll play through number four the second time.
Okay, so two A sections. The first time through, again, I played up and down uh, item number three. And of course, you saw that the chord changes resolve to F minor concert. So in that instance, I quit doing this stuff and played a little bit of F minor material. Second time around, I did number four. So that was not really improvising, right? I was just sort of using a pattern and showing it to you. But you can hear it's like, wow, that's absolutely material you could use and probably material you've heard people use on this tune. Again, I was using notes from a scale. Every single pitch I played was from this C half whole diminished scale, yet I wasn't at all thinking scalarly. Just like every single word I've said to you during this video is from the alphabet, yet I have not once thought about the alphabet. Right? So when people say scales are great, they'll help you improvise. It's like saying the alphabet's great, it's going to help you speak. Okay, we, we get the point, right? So um, let me do this now. What I want to do is um, show you a way to be a little bit more free with this material. So I'm going to put the track back on, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play for two measures with one triad, and then move to one of the other triads. So I'll play a C triad for two measures, and then I'll move to playing maybe the F-sharp triad. Then next time around, I'll do two measures of C, then move, maybe I'll move to the A triad. So this is sort of a slower, more melodic approach, but again, I'm using the notes from the scale, but not thinking scalarly. I'm thinking about one triad and moving to another slowly. So two measures of one triad, two measures of another, and that's it. Then I'm gonna do two measures of one triad, two measures of another, and you can hear now, there's going to be some challenging sounds here, right? Because this is an interesting scale, and these triads have some interesting notes that kind of rub and have some tension. But that's going to be uh, kind of what we're after. So here we go. Okay, so another sort of different approach, not just like exercise three and four where I was arpeggiating my way up, alternating the triads. This was a way where I picked notes from the scale to improvise with. So in this video, we've really covered a lot of stuff. We talked about this concept of scales not being where it's at, but looking for structures inside scales. Um, I personally like patterns when I improvise. I use a lot of patterns and moving ideas around using patterns. So that's something I value in my improvising. I know many, many, many other people and my heroes that do that as well. So today we talked about looking inside scales. We talked about, um, in a way, these four triads, pair, you know, triad pairs times two, right? Like four triads inside. And a couple strategies with how to improvise that way. So there's sort of a lot in here, but um, if you just get that concept of scales isn't exactly where it's at, 
although we want to practice them for technique and to get the sounds in our ears and everything else. But as far as a tool for improvising, I don't teach that. If you come to me for lessons, any of the hundreds and hundreds of students that have had lessons from me, uh, they know that we practice scales, but when it comes time to improvising, arpeggios is kind of where I like to start off, okay? So you have a sense of how that works now. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, I hope maybe I'll see you at Maryland Summer Jazz coming up this summer, end of July. You've heard me talk about it on some of the previous videos. You folks out there that I'm speaking to are adult musicians. That is most of the thousands of people that watch these things every day, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, you are the folks that I'm talking to, and you want to get this good information. You want concise information, but also an opportunity to play this stuff. So that is what I'm here creating for you. So on the East Coast of the United States, Maryland Summer Jazz is a great place. I'm really excited about the faculty and the classes we have for this July. So uh, check it out. Send me an email. And if we still have spots, they're going very, very quickly. But if we have spots, we'd love to fit you in, if not next year. And uh, I've also mentioned Jazzwire in the past. Jazzwire is coming up later in 2018. So this is going to be an amazing place for you guys to get information like this, but it's going to be so far beyond what we're doing in these videos. It's going to be very curated. It's going to be very individual for you, and it's going to involve opportunities for getting together and playing and talking and everything else that it's so hard for adults spread around the world with day jobs and families and everything else. That's, you know, that's the trick part, right? How do we find each other? How do we get the good information? How do we get traction going forward? Well, that's what I'm here to do. So uh, we'll be doing much more of that together. Thank you for tuning in. Scales suck. Don't send me hate mail for that. You heard what I was talking about. Practice your scales <laughs> and then improvise with other stuff. Thanks so much. Take care, guys.